Hello and welcome to another episode of And When I Say I Mean, I am your co-host Adrian. And I am also your co-host Austin. Yes, and that made sense. You're you're not also <laughs> Yeah, whatever. You you are a co-host as well. Anyways, you understand. Mm-hmm. Hopefully. Hopefully. So today we are going to look into well, kind of I guess the story maybe behind the well, not really look into the backlash of I was going to say Star we're going to we're going to backlash to the backlash to the backlash. We're going to backlash the backlash the backlash. That's actually really true. Yeah. So um, we're going to talk about the new, newest Star Wars movie, which I have now seen. Austin has not. I have but not. in classic Austin fashion, he has spoiled it for himself. So Spoilers don't he, matter. Right. Um, speaking of spoilers don't matter. We will be spoiling it, I assume. If you have any cares about spoilers, which Austin has already told you not to care about spoilers, if you do care about spoilers then you should watch Star Wars before mm-hmm. if you want to watch. But honestly, I'm pretty sure I'm the last person to watch it. So besides Austin, oh, well, I will watch it at this point. So. Yeah. I I wanted to go see it after I got back to campus after uh, Christmas. Uh, but it was out of theaters by the weekend that I was planning to do. And it was like, it was like mid-January. No, it was like yeah. early January. So... Oh well, I haven't lost oh, well. any sleep over it. So. That's good. So, anyway, so we also we if got you're a request not familiar, to review it. Um, yeah, before we, either so, of us had seen it. I don't think we're really planning to review it, but no. we'll, we'll just talk about it. Yeah, yeah, we're not gonna really review it. So what we're gonna talk about. So if you're not familiar, basically you have two camps. There's two main oh, camps. I thought you were saying if you're not familiar with Star Wars. Okay. No, 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 no. If you're not familiar with the backlash. Okay. Are we just assuming everyone's familiar <laughs> with Star Wars? <laughs> you thought I was about to go into the entire Episode story of Star Wars. Charge our No, 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 no. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're just going to assume that they have seen all the Star Wars movies up to this point. And that's, even if they haven't, good. it shouldn't really matter because if we get to where we're trying to get to... We're not really technically yeah. talking about Star Wars, mm-hmm. so it's it'll be okay. <laughs> Anyways, the backlash to Star Wars. All a lot of the movie critics thought it was really good. Um, mm-hmm. It's rated really highly on a lot of um, of the movie critic uh, sites. Maybe but then Rotten Tomatoes, if you say it like that. Nobody does. So, but that's British okay. Anyways, do. well, I learned British people actually say tomatoes. That's cr- yeah, it's crazy. Also, anyway. I learned I was at trivia with um, this guy from Russia and this guy from Poland. Cause that's my life. Um, <laughs> and I learned that what the haircut that I would call a mohawk, they call an Iroquois, which I thought was really interesting. Cause that is interesting. Mohawks are you know part of the Iroquois Confederacy. Um, right. Anyway. Star That's Wars. a whole nother conversation that I just will refrain from asking my questions until later. Anyways, the backlash. The critics loved it. The fans hated it. Mm-hmm. Um, or the fans were mixed. It's got like a 50% amongst fans. Right. And then they're like fanboys, so they're like very vocal about it on the internet. Right. I don't really like the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. This isn't what we're trying to talk about here. But 
like it's basically an online survey and everyone knows okay if you care about surveys at all you know that online surveys are like inherently biased because the people that feel the most strongly are the people who answer right so right. the people who respond are the people who are gonna say oh it's perfect this is the best movie I've ever seen or this is the worst it's the worst movie I've ever seen mm-hmm. um and you don't really get an accurate picture of the majority feel for things so I don't like audience score um, just from like a validity standpoint but anyways I think it's fairly safe to say even like the majority of Star Wars fans didn't like the didn't like the movie or were um, ambivalent right or were just kind of meh about it um, so anyways in response to this backlash um, one of our favorite YouTubers and somebody that we've mentioned several times on this show mm-hmm. is uh, Matt Pat and his film theories looked into what is causing like this backlash essentially what is it that is causing well, the critics to love it and the people to hate it news outlets accused him specifically right which was of, I thought was fascinating of destroying of ruining people's expectations or um, setting people's expectations too high mm-hmm. and that people went in with just a, a set idea of how they wanted the movie to be and it wasn't that so they were mad and upset which i think is probably a valid yeah reason why people I mean, thought he it was acknowledges bad. that in the video right so we're we're not really going to talk about that what we're going to talk about is another comment that he made mm-hmm. about Chekhov's gun Austin what is Chekhov's gun so Chekhov is a late 1800s early 1900s playwright slash short storyist from Russia so he, he is great even if he wasn't from Russia he would be great but um, he was kind of a contemporary of Tolstoy just because Tolstoy lived for a long time um, his most famous plays are things such as Uncle Vanya uh, The Cherry Orchard both of which I've recommended so I wondered why that sounded familiar <laughs> I am uh, I'm a Chekhov fan um, he's he's great so Chekhov gun Chekhov's gun is the name given to a recommendation that he gives for writing plays. He says, if you say that a pistol is mounted on the wall in Act 1, it better go off in Act 2 or don't mention the pistol at all. Um, Weirdly, uh, Archer, the TV show, had a really good joke about Chekhov's gun. They So the, the example is a Chekhov's gun. So they give one of the characters a pen and tell him, oh, it's not really a pen. It's filled with deadly, like, neurotoxins because they're supposed to be spies. Uh, But look out, the pen comes off, like, really easily. And then they give him a gun called a Chekhov's gun. And he says, look out, the safety comes off and um, it goes off for basically no reason. So you're, you're supposed to be waiting for the Chekhov's gun to go off. But later someone, like, pushes him and hits the pen that's in his shirt pocket cap flies off and then they are poisoned um so they have a Chekhov's gun but the Chekhov's gun is a failed Chekhov's gun right anyway I don't know if anyone followed that barely uh so basically the 
what people take it as is like setups and payoffs. Um, that's how movie people talk about it. Um, like if you're if you're gonna do something at the end, you need to set it up at the beginning, or else it won't be earned. Um, you won't. You you, yeah. If you don't set something up, people will be surprised when it shows up. And if you do something up and don't pay something off, then people will be disappointed or confused that you didn't set, um, pay it off. So I'm going to sound kind of hypocritical to people who were there for my uh, brief synopsis of Stranger Things Seasons 1 and 2. You weren't even there for that. I was not. I uh, thought you were talking about a different brief synopsis. No, but different, different time. I gave a brief synopsis of Stranger Things Seasons 1 and 2, and I complained about setting up a Chekhov's gun and not having it go off. Because mm-hmm. um, if you all remember Season 2 of Stranger Things, spoilers? Um, this is, this doesn't It's really... not important because it, nothing happens of it. Um, right. Hopper has this house where he's keeping Eleven, and he sets up this wire that's a trip line that if you trip, o- if you trip it, it like hits a firecracker or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so they show it and explain it twice during the show and nothing happens with it the whole time. We get to, we get to episode like the last one the and last ones. Hopper sends Joyce, Will, Nancy, and, uh, what's his face? John, what's Jonathan, his name? that's his name. Jonathan, uh, to Hopper's cabin in the woods. And I'm like, oh, finally, they're going to hit this tripwire because Hopper doesn't tell them about it. And not only that, but the like monsters are like triggered mm-hmm. by sound yeah. as well. Yep. So I'm waiting for them to to hit this tripwire. The demon dogs come descend on this house and actually give them a challenge to the exorcism they're performing on Will because there, there's like no challenge to it at all. Right. right. Um, so I was mad because you set this up and then... For no reason, you you don't incorporate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I might sound hypocritical, but I don't think Chekhov's gun is important to The Last Jedi. So It is, but it's not if, how Matt Pat is talking about it. Go ahead. Right. So, so, Matt Pat describes, correct me if I'm wrong, but what he attributes the Chekhov's gun to is the fact that they build all this up about mm-hmm. Ray's parentage, and then whether or not it's true, it's revealed that her parents don't matter. Mm-hmm. They're just some drunk slavers Junkers. or something. Junkers. And her parents don't matter. Mm-hmm. And so Matt Pat is. Kylo tells her this. Yeah, Kylo Ren says that. So, like, there's some. He's like, he's I notorious saw him to your future. And then this is what I saw. He is notorious for telling the that truth. That was a joke. Okay, just wanted to make <laughs> sure. Um, so we don't really know if it's true, um, but if it is true, Matt Pat's upset that that even though he acknowledges that by creating all these theories and creating these things that people get excited about, that that might you know ruin the experience and does to some extent ruin the experience of watching or the biases movie. people at least. Right. Um, he's saying that it is that the creators of star Wars is doing people a disservice essentially mm-hmm. by, 
by having this Chekhov's gun, right? Where you set this or thing up, but it doesn't fire. By having this unfulfilled. Right, right. Um, so, Austin, you feel, I agree with you, but you feel a little more passionately about it strongly. than I do. Uh, Go for it. It like no, uh, Matt. I so I'm gonna say Matt Pat's definitely wrong. It, the the point, if of blowing in uh, an, a payoff, if you don't fulfill a payoff, but you have the setup, you know, and the director, I forget his name. He knows that that's gonna be not what people are expecting. People are expecting Ray's parents to be something important. So by like acknowledging that expectation and then saying nope it's just random people it's not like ignoring that setup it's not doing nothing with that setup it's doing something different it's Mm -hmm. doing something to change your expectations um and shift the focus from who's ray's parents are to who ray is like right it i i talked about this in my in our previous last jedi episode like it doesn't it shouldn't matter who ray's parents are it should matter who ray is and I was I was thinking about it earlier today, when Luke discovers that Darth Vader is his father, he doesn't ask mm-hmm. any normal questions that I would ask if I discovered that Darth Vader is my father. Like, how? Um, mm-hmm. How did I end up on Tatooine? Are you really my aunt and uncle? They're dead, so they can't answer him. Um, who's my mom? Mm-hmm. Um, what like what is going on? He doesn't ask any of that. He gets confirmation that Darth Vader is his father, and then he says. You know how, I like how can I change him back? Um, what is that like? How does that and like the question is it's more it just shifts the story to more personal. Like this is now about Luke trying to redeem his father, not about um, the this ultimate good against ultimate evil. It's still mostly that, but it it changes the the interactions, and I f- I feel like. If they made, so if um, Leia or Luke was Ray's, is was is Ray's parents, um, you you couldn't just drop it. You'd have to have lots of time dedicated to why did you abandon me on Jakku? Um, who's my mom? Uh, if it's Luke, um, uh, right. and like, how does that change the story? in a way that Vader being Luke's father does. Cause I, I don't think it does. Cause if they're on the same side, it doesn't change anything. Mm-hmm. So, right. I think he's, I think he's wrong about, they're not ignoring the setup. They're saying we set something up, but we're intentionally subverting those expectations to, to change the story and to change how we view these characters. Right. And for me, it's not you're not only changing all of those things but you're changing who the focus of the movie is on right i would argue at least my my argument now mm-hmm. with with what i would argue is the gun going off it, the fact that we don't that her parents don't matter is that gun going off right and that is pointing to that the movie's not about her the movie's about kylo ren um and like this trilogy i would I think is more focused about him and his story as opposed to Ray. Um, because mm-hmm. in, in some, in some instances, like, well, at least in the other, the two previous trilogies, parentage does matter to some extent, right? You, in the original trilogy, you have Anakin 
mm-hmm. who's basically born from lots of midi chlorians. And so mm-hmm. even the, nah. whatever. <laughs> However that happened, his parentage is significant. Mm-hmm. Um and then in the second in the original trilogy as Austin was talking about, his you know, Luke's parentage is important. So and as so a heads up you did say original trilogy for both. So sorry. I meant whatever. Doesn't matter. You understand what I'm We're talking tracking. about. Um and now in this in this um trilogy, we do know one person's parentage. Mm-hmm. We know Kylo's parentage. We know who who they are and the role that they're playing. Um and I think it could have easily been about Ray, mm-hmm. but I don't think her parentage matters if if um if Kylo is actually telling the truth and therefore I think that shifts the main character off of her and onto Kylo Ren. Mm-hmm. Um, it another interesting thing is too is like if you've seen the movie, like why would they keep Leia alive if that connection isn't you know isn't right. important? Right. Um, there was a I thought a very fitting way mm-hmm. um, for Leia to die in Do this movie. Man. Terry Fisher is actually dead, right? And even so, like. Obviously, I mean, they had filmed it before she died, but and even still, like they could have changed it. Like mm-hmm. she didn't really play that big of a role in the entire movie, and they could have just kind of cut her out. And I don't think it would have taken anything away from the story. So what that tells me is that 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 she's important to the story. The finishing of the the end of the story is important. That Leia is still there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, which again I think uh, points it to Kylo Ren as opposed to. Ray, I, I also think. Um, oh, go ahead. Whoever directed this episode, it was just kind of like fed up with J.J. Abrams, um, and said, "I'm tired of all." I, I I support him on this. Like I like the mystery box well enough, but it not everything needs to be mm-hmm. the mystery box, J.J. Um, so he he seems to be like. Okay, you gave me all this weird mystery. No, I'm throwing that out the window. This is going to mm-hmm. be character-driven, and it's going to be right. the characters who are actually in this, not some phantoms of characters that might come into play. It's going to be the the actually interesting characters that we already have. We're going to deal with them like they're actually interesting characters. Um, right. And just... Uh, rebuttal rebut that seems wrong <laughs> uh, austin rebuttal uh matt pat's final point he says uh we sh- we should continue to make theories because it makes more critical audiences we it makes the audiences demand more logical coherency from the stories and i say uh, uh well hold up there there's like you can be critical in many ways like being a good critical audience member doesn't just mean you demand everything to follow from everything else right. and be logically consistent. Like I think the the best choice that they could make is ignore Ray's parents because what's it it's better for her character if she's actually a no one and now she has these powers. It's not like some dynasty thing that um only like the the chosen can have um mm-hmm. it it changes what star wars is about and um who yeah what ray is about it's not 
it's not just about oh i need to find my parents and then everything will be good it's okay you you're on your own what do you do then so i i think like being a slave to Chekhov's gun is is bad because like it's good for writing plays and short stories when you need to be concise and you need to you you can't really waste things because you have like a plays like an hour or two long um and most movies should be more tight like tighter but Star Wars is huge mm-hmm. um you don't need to like hold yourself down to oh let's introduce things very carefully and use them very carefully because right. the world's huge it's um like his example is breaking bad star wars is not breaking bad star wars mm-hmm. is an epic right so mm-hmm. like right in the odyssey when like somebody shows up and like just dis- like uh poseidon destroys Odysseus and his crew, you're not like, oh, you didn't set that up. That's a bad example because they kind of do set that up. Um, But it's just, it's a bigger world than what Chekhov works with. Um, It's a bigger thing, so why hold yourself to kind of a very limiting rule that's not a rule. It's just a, it's one technique that you can use. And the other thing is, too, they know that there's going to be a ninth movie, right? Mm-hmm. They know there's going to be a movie after this one. So who says that <laughs> even if Ray's parents do matter, who says we have to figure it out in this movie, right? We yeah. know there's going to be at least one more movie. And so, like, it could easily be revealed in that movie and might be revealed if Kylo is lying, right? So, like, mm-hmm. that was another thing that I was kind of frustrated by with with Matt Pat's videos that he, it, it, he seems like he's containing it too much to this movie, as opposed to looking to the broader, like the trilogy, which mm-hmm. t- to to J.J. Abrams' point, he set up pretty well, I think, when he when he made the seventh one. Is I and felt he was like he the last one, right? I feel like he was really kind of setting up a trilogy as opposed to kind of making a movie, because mm-hmm. um, there are as many loose threads as there are. Right, exactly, and even like, and it's not like Star Wars hasn't had like again just dropping that darth vader is luke's Mm -hmm. father like that really wasn't set up unless you know german maybe and then but like if you like if you pronounce german poorly right and even if you do are you gonna make that connection i don't know it Um, also it like wasn't the case when episode four was written so if you did make the connection you did it before george lucas did right so congrats um, so yeah, I don't think that, yeah, I don't think that we can say like by not revealing this, it has ruined everything mm-hmm. or they're not following conventions. Um, because yeah, to your point, why do we need to, I don't think we should confine them to yeah. following these, and these I, rules. I do think in some ways he intentionally chose to ignore some of these things. Like Snoke's death is clearly... Right. Like, you know, like, to me, that's not like, oh, I can't believe you killed off Snoke. There's so much more we could have known about him. No, that right. that's indicates that there's nothing more to know about him. He was just right. this big evil guy that's boring. Let's focus on Kylo Ren because he's, he's right. like, I like Faulkner's quote, the, the 
the stories are the soul in conflict with itself is the best stories and kylo ren mm-hmm. is all conflict with himself right and yeah i agree i i hope i not i part of me says snoke isn't actually dead but i hope i really hope he is i really hope he's dead and i really hope ray's parents don't matter because i think mm-hmm. that makes for like it just sets them up to have a really good ninth movie um because yeah and it, you're it completely right like ray and kylo ren to be like opposites or they're exactly if not opposites they're linked right and and that what is what makes a compelling story i think because mm-hmm. like do i i mean yes i can get behind we talked about this i think in the first one yeah i can get behind a movie that's about like good versus evil and good triumphing over evil but like can i re- i can probably relate more to kylo ren than i can darth vader darth vader or anakin skywalker right because um, they're... just because he he has this inner turmoil. He has this kind yeah. of like back and forth and even Ray, right. We see Ray kind of like potentially like going into the dark mm-hmm. side and, mm-hmm. and like, which we had talked about earlier about how that's not necessarily good for star Wars. Um, I, I don't think it was as gray as what the trailer made it look to yeah. be. I think, um, which I was, which I was happy for. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, when you get it off of you get it off of Luke, you get it off of Snoke, you get it off of Ray's parents, mm-hmm. you really set yourself up for what I think is gonna be a really just impactful and I don't even know what's gonna happen in the ninth movie because I I don't think that it's yeah, it it's just gonna be a conflict of, of characters, mm-hmm. which I would argue is a good story. Right, and like it's the same reason Luke died, right? It's it's to say okay we're done with that let's mm-hmm. uh we wrapped that up we're we're working with the people that we've got mm-hmm. um so yeah i i disagree with matt pat um if that's not clear like what i don't like about what they did in stranger things stranger things could have been stranger things season two could have been tighter mm-hmm. um there was there were episodes that i felt were too long um, so cut things that don't end up mattering, uh, like the tripwire. And so well, the difference is they talk about the tripwire and then it, it nothing happens with it. So that's a setup that has no, uh, payoff mm-hmm. with Ray's parents. Um, they set it up and then they, there is a payoff. It's just not the payoff people want it. Right, right. And I th- and I think too, the difference between Stranger Things and Star Wars is I think it's very different style as well. I yeah. think I think Stranger, Stranger Things, Things is definitely much more story. like right, right. And it is um, and so, it's just one town, right. So those things are more impactful. Um, I have another question. If you are yeah. all set with Chekhov's gun, uh, sure. Okay. So another question I had, this is more kind of about theories. So you mentioned earlier that Matt Pat was like, we should keep having theories, but he also referenced how theories kind of potentially destroy our experience. Yeah. Um, so when I, when I was listening to that, I thought of when Memory of Light came out. And from mm. what I 
have heard, it sounds to me it sounds mm-hmm. like there was like some good fan theories out there, but then Sanderson kind of went in a different direction. Do you have any thoughts about that? Um, okay, I do have because I I love a memory of like there were some there were some that were right and there was some. Uh, do you want to talk about what memory of light is? Sure, a memory of light is the fourteenth and final book, maybe fifteenth. I forget. I think it's which 15. is embarrassing. That is embarrassing. Uh, of the Wheel of Time, which is a just gigantic fantasy series written by uh, Robert Jordan, who died after the twelfth book. He was planning to write one more book. Um, Brandon Sanderson, a much younger fantasy author, took over. He then wrote the final book as three books, um, and Memory of Light. And Memory of Light is the final one. So. There were there were two main fan theories that were addressed, kind of directly, in *A Memory of Light*. The one was that one of the Forsaken, who this are, is gonna be spoilers, who bad by guys, the way. yeah, um, one of the Forsaken, uh, Demandred or Demandred, uh, people thought he was King Maudry or King somebody of Maudry, which was a small country in the beginning that started taking over its na- neighbors and, like, finally consolidated in power. So people thought that this king that had never actually appeared in the books was d- demanded, because that's kind of classic forsaken thing to do, consolidate power in a country, um, and then build up an army. Uh, so Rand, once he brings his, his army together to fight the Dark One, I'm not going to ex- explain most of this. <laughs> he, he looks right at uh, this king, and he's like, Wow, I really thought you were demanded, huh? Guess not. And I'm like, that has to be a, like a direct address to the, all right. the fan theories. Uh, but they they did get the like main twist kind of you know, like exactly right. Um, it was known as the body swap theory, how Rand was going to die but then still survive the last battle. Um, his person soul switches with. Uh, Mordred, who is Ishmael reborn. There's lots of weird things that happen in these <laughs> books. Um, but as he's he's sealing, they have a, a connection after um, uh, something happened and they get a mental connection. Uh, so after uh, as he's sealing the Dark One back into um, his prison, Rand is... Um, he uses Kalandor to uh, kind of take control of Mordred. They swap bodies. So uh, I do think there there is value to fan theories, and they can be good. Um, they can make – they can kind of, like, redeem things. Like, I really like Darth Jar Jar. Um, <laughs> but, I like – I, uh, I kind of agree with Matt Pat. We should separate your mm-hmm. f- separate fan theories from the work itself um, because, the like, yeah, you shouldn't judge a work based on whether it meets or doesn't meet what you expect it to. It should. Mm-hmm. And, and, like, subverting expectations is a huge part of art. That's, that's like... Right. That's how you you innovate. You there mm-hmm. people have expectations for what a genre is or what a movie is, and then you subvert them. And that that's like that's how you have things that are funny or things that are surprising. 
Um, so, I guess, like, don't not make theories. It's, like, but don't put so much stock in them. It's They're mm-hmm. just predictions, right? Right. And And I would argue that, like, yeah, I think that that's why we see a lot of or this discrepancy, right, in Star mm-hmm. Wars, right? We see the critics who I would argue are able to separate, you know, these critics might be huge Star Wars fans and probably has all the, have yeah. all, like, potentially have these theories as well, but they're able to separate and say, hey, like, I'm just going to watch this movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have some kind of, I have some preconceived no- notions in my mind, but I'm not going to, when I get to the end of the movie, I'm not going to judge this movie based on what I was hoping it would have been or what I yeah. th- thought it could have been, but rather this is what it is. How, how was it? Like, was right. it good? If if the movie is different than, or the work is different than what your predictions are, it, it shouldn't be, you shouldn't challenge the work. It should mm-hmm. challenge your predictions. Right, right. Or and your so assumptions. Th- right. And so I would say we should keep making predictions. Mm-hmm. Um, as you can go back to one of our early episodes when we were talking about like critical thinking in TV shows and, and how I would argue that's kind of like making predictions, right? You're, you yeah. are actually sitting down and thinking about um, what you watched and making predictions for the future. So I think that's good. But mm-hmm. I, uh, and, but maybe just don't go on YouTube and watch these theories forever because then it'll get just ingrained in you and it must be true. Um, but then also, even if you do fall into that trap, like don't watch the, or don't get to the end of the movie and judge it off your expectations. Judge it off yeah. of what you actually just saw or book that you just read or music that you listen to or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like if I, to me, if it subverts your expectations, that's better. Mm-hmm. Uh, because like, what's the point if it's just what you expect it to be? Um, like lots of people hate modern art just because it's so different than what they expect art to be. Right, and that's the point of modern art. It's the point is to be, oh, you think paintings need to be of things that are natural and things that actually exist, uh, but really, like, what they're saying is, uh, painting is like it's about form and shapes and color. So we're just gonna do form and shape and color. Um, so yeah, like. I don't want to say The Last Jedi is like modern art, um, but it kind of, like, you shouldn't right. go into it h- hating it or, like, not, like, address it at, as it is um, right. and just say, oh, this isn't Star Wars or that's not real art. Like, that's not even a mm-hmm. thing. That's, that's just right. colors and random lines. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, it, that's easy, kind of easy to understand, too. Like, if you think about, or at least when I went into Episode 7, mm-hmm. I went in with pretty low expectations. I didn't really have any thoughts of what this movie is going to be about. I thought it was going to be garbage. Mm-hmm. It turned out to be better than those low expectations, which led me to believe, that hey, this is a pretty good movie. Yep. Um, and so I think that going into the eighth movie, the, the expectations were just so high. That yeah, the fans yeah. that the fans just kind of are like this doesn't meet my expectations. My, I had the bar set super high, and you guys were under that bar. 
and so therefore it's a bad movie right it's really interesting where you put that bar right so like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for the seventh movie my bar was super low and honestly it was probably just a little bit over that bar but right. like it made it it made it seem like it was a good well, movie yeah i uh like last oscar season i watched arrival and i had super high expectations for it and then i was like oh this this isn't like blowing my mind like i hoped it would <laughs> And then I right. watched um, Captain Fantastic, for which I had basically no expectations, but it exceeded all of them. Um, right. So I was like, wow, I really liked Captain Fantastic. Arrival, I was just like, eh, about. So, you know, it, right. your expectations are going to affect how you view something no matter what. Um, right. But the the point, like being a critic is about separating your expectations from what's actually there. Right. And audience member like so he's saying be more critical like being more critical doesn't mean hold on to your expectations tighter it means go in with more of an open mind um right being willing to to go with where whatever is taking you Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right because i i was telling people when i was talking to them about star wars and hadn't seen it yet Mm -hmm. and how i was kind of like afraid of what's going to happen i told them you know i might not like it at first but it's probably going to end up being one of my favorite star wars movies because of just what i think it's doing yeah um yeah i I think i think that might be true to be honest i like i like it even though i haven't seen it just because it it's it's at least trying to say or like take it in a new direction and not just Mm -hmm. retread star warsness although it it did still kind of feel like Empire Strikes Back in a lot of ways. Well, I haven't seen it, so. But it did, and it, it was, didn't. So I think from it, what I hear, it was bolder than The Force Awakens. So. Oh, much so, much so. So. The Force so, yeah. Awakens was pretty unbold. Right. And nothing really happened when you really get down to it. Uh, episode four did. Well, but. Episode 7 didn't really do anything new. Right, I'm saying episode 4 happened during episode 7. Oh, that was, I a, see what that was also a joke. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I am not picking up on your jokes to this evening, so. Well, I'm, uh, I'm bad at modulating my voice, so. That's okay. So, anyways, do you have anything else to um, add to this? Any other random thoughts? Chekhov's better than Star Wars, so. If you if you need something that's good, uh, read Chekhov. Um, it, yeah, I was I was thinking we did something in uh, turns out tenth grade um, in our like advanced placement class that I was in not AP but whatever um, where we we listed the one hundred and one fictional characters who are most influential to us. Um, and I was looking at that, um, and I was like, wow, really younger me. But, um, so I was like, I should redo this again. And I was, I was struck by like, I was trying to think of movie characters that I've been like, wow, I've really connected with these characters. And there's like no movie characters that I'm like, wow, these people have really like caught, like challenged how I think about life. Um, and I, like, I was trying to think of one movie character to put on this list because like, like I like Star Wars and I've 
grown up with Star Wars, if you will. But there's there's no one in Star Wars that challenges what I think about life. Mm-hmm. Maybe Kylo Ren could, uh, but everyone else everyone else kind of like falls into their own place and doesn't try to do anything more. No offense Which to Star is, Wars. Right. Which is kind of like movies in general, mm-hmm. right? Movies are very contained. Yeah. Very self-contained. And even when you have a huge epic like Star Wars, right, you still are kind of self-contained. Although I will say that's another that, – that will be another great thing about this movie that people aren't talking about is um, the end of Luke's story arc. Yeah. Um, it, 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 yeah, it's really good because I think it is, I think for once Luke is kind of relatable, right? He has gotten to this point after, uh, Return of the Jedi and now he's like starting up this, you know, Jedi temple and he fails, right? He Mm -hmm. does, he makes a mistake. Um, and then he has to live with the consequences of, of that mistake. And then by the end of it, he's convinced to kind of move on from that. Um, and actually kind of like stand up, I guess, for what the Jedi stand up for. Mm-hmm. So, so Luke has finally is so showing some kind of dynamics in his character, um, in this movie, which I think is going to be a good, um, good part of this movie when we look back on it. And even people like characters that people love, like books have done it better because mm-hmm. books, books are better at character than movies are just right because as a whole i'm gonna make that blanket statement yeah like um everyone's like oh walter white is such a good character he's just a worse macbeth um yeah but less people have probably read macbeth than have watched breaking bad which is unfortunate um, because macbeth's better right and it's, it's not as long uh anyway that was that was a speaking of shout out to Macbeth uh, Shakespeare, well shout out to Shakespeare because when I was going through um, Othello, mm-hmm. mm. well you know what even like when I was going through Othello I was thinking about like why do we even like try to tell stories when we have Shakespeare? Uh, yeah, I know he's just like so good. And then I was thinking about Hamlet and all mm-hmm. of the stories that are out there now that are just basically retellings of Hamlet. I'm just like, yep. Why? Yeah, I was just like, go back and read. I read his uh, "To Be and Not to Be" soliloquy, which I shout out to last week. And I was like, man, he says so much in just this short thing that I'm like, this is so like because he's saying like, is it worth, like, is it worth living if all it is is just me struggling and I won't have any clear answers? But I, I like basically I'm just scared to die because if if dying is like is like sleeping which you know people are always saying it is what if i dream like what what i know i have no idea what's going to happen um mm-hmm. so there's there's just so much uncertainty he doesn't know what to do in his own life just in the immediate situation he doesn't know what to do with his life long term it's it's just like there's so much in such a little amount and it's beautiful so i'm like man how, like we're 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 privileged to be native english speakers cuz we don't have to read translations don't read no fear shakespeare if you're in class trying to read shakespeare just it's not it's not as bad as p- 
people make it. Um, anyway. Yeah. Shakespeare's great. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah, I was, uh, my lineup is much more Russian than it was when I did it in 10th grade. <laughs> <laughs> That's not surprising. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It w- there was no Russian people on it when I did it in 10th grade. Or Russian That's characters. Yeah. Anyway, um, we've kind of recommended things. Yeah. Though I recommended Shakespeare last week, I think, so. Probably. I mean, he gets a double double dose. Yeah. It's just like secondary. Yeah. Um, just reaffirming. Secondary. The, reaffirming. The I, I haven't like, I've just been watching uh, Full Metal Alchemist this week. So I haven't wow. d- I haven't like done anything new. Um I could recommend uh one of my probably all-time favorites, Notes from the Underground by Dostoevsky. I've controlled myself. I have not yet recommended anything by Dostoevsky. So now that we're so many episodes in, Notes from the Underground, mm-hmm. Dostoevsky, it's short, it's great. It's all the first probably about a third is a guy saying this is why I'm the way like trying to say this is the way I am but he's kind of crazy and uh, doesn't know how to put things together well like sentences well Um, and he's he's upset that he like is able to see multiple possibilities in every situation because then he just can't do anything Um, Mm -hmm. which is interesting to me because for like reading it now because the everyone's like oh you've got to see all kinds of perspectives um on everything but like if you if you know every perspective he's saying you can't make any decisions at all and it's better to just be stupid and stay in in your like rut in life and if you hit a wall give up because it's better than trying to get around the wall forever and not being able to do anything so it's weird um it's it is like classic Dostoevsky um and yeah it uh that that's the book that really uh turned me on to Russian books so there you go if you want to start reading Russian books that's That's where I say you should start he says you should start with uh the overcoat by Gogel, but I th- I think the overcoat's too weird to start. But anyway, Adrian. Fair enough. So my recommendation for this week is for you to go onto YouTube and look up the SpaceX mm. launch mm-hmm. of the Falcon Heavy. Um, if you have no idea what SpaceX is, um. It's a privately owned company that launches rockets, um, and they their their big thing that nobody's uh, but they're has like ever real though. Before. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, they're not legit. just crazy people. No, no, no. I mean, they are kind of like crazy people, but they're actually like. But there's like a guy who wants to just ra- launch a rocket so he can prove that the Earth is flat. They're not like that. No, 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 not like that. This is an actual company that makes actual money and actual sends rockets. actual rockets into space 
to the space station and like NASA pays them. Anyways, but what why you need to watch this video is that never before has a rocket like this been reused. Like we have the mm-hmm. we have the shuttle which they're able to kind of reuse the shuttle. But in this case, they are reusing the same rockets for multiple launches. The boosters. Um the boosters, yeah. Which is just absolutely incredible. And on this launch, they're using three of these rocket boosters. They launch this huge rocket into space and the two of the boosters come down and land simultaneously by themselves like on two platforms right next to each other it literally just like blew my mind to watch that happen it, it looks um, like it looks like a sci-fi movie right how it's they, they just, come down just like perfectly straight and just yeah they land like you see like you see rockets landing right in in fiction it's, it is incredible if you don't know anything about engineering take it from take my word from it as an engineer that it is absolutely incredible um and that it is just an amazing feat of engineering that they can do something like that so yep that's my recommendation watch that whole launch video but especially when those two boosters are landing mm-hmm. next to each other it's incredible all right great um you can watch that film theory theory video too if yeah. you think we're wrong yeah, I'll post a link to that video so you'll be able to find it readily. All right, great. Uh, see you all next week. We see you next week. Mm-hmm.